Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. We're talking about extra, extra, right? You guys know that, and that's the theme for the month. And what was one of the biggest quotes or whatever that Ben was kind of drawing from was from Chris Valentin. You guys know who that is? Chris V. Chris V. Kevin kind of looks like him, right? He kind of does. I mean, Chris is all salt and pepper now. Imagine him with, like, just for men, beard brushing. Yeah, but I've only seen him on covers of books and, like, far away in an audience somewhere. You, like, get side hugs from Chris V. Yeah, true. True, true. Anyway, so the quote, do you guys remember what it was? Anybody? Anybody? He said that um, there's a lot of people in the world that do extraordinary things, right? But there's... Why, why isn't there more people? I don't know if this is a direct quote, but it's the gist. Um, why aren't there more people that can do ordinary things extraordinarily well, right? Like, I, and I love that because, like, I, I've never been, like, super talented. And if you are talented, God bless you. Um, like, Luke Viazzi is really talented. And Emma is really talented. And Damick is getting, like, you're shocking me. You're probably more determination than talented, and that's how I am, and I love that. So, but if you're talented, you have an easy, you have an easy out. You're like, I don't have to study, I don't have to work out, I don't have to run, I just show up and beat everyone else. You know what I mean? You have friends in school that are like, yeah, I didn't study for this test. And you're like, I hate you because I already know that you're going to get a better grade than me. You know what I mean? And so, like, anyway, if you're those people, then go hard at what you do. Like, be determined and be all that other stuff on top of being talented. Anyway, um, I think that it's great that God does ordinary things. He uses ordinary things to do extraordinary things. Have you ever noticed that? Like, it's, it's shocking to me. Like, I have a little list here. Like, like, there was a place once that was considered to be impenetrable city. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. You know, you're like all Mr. Military. This Ian, or Isaiah, sorry, not Ian. Isaiah was here last week in, uh, in worship, and I was standing behind him, and I was like worshiping, worshiping, and I look up, open my eyes, and I see airborne death from above on the back of his shirt, and I'm like, all right, all right, <laughs> worshiping Jesus here. I love it. But anyway, so Bible stuff, there was a city called Jericho, right? You remember this whole story? And it was considered to be like an impenetrable city. Like you could just like scoff at people like, come on, come and get me. Like, I don't care. Oh. And that's what happens. Um, like, seriously, you just, you could, like, talk trash all day long because no one was getting inside Jericho. And Joshua was this guy that uh, ser- was a servant of the Lord, right? He came after Moses, all that stuff, if you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, and he was a commander of the armies of Israel. Okay? Pretty cool. So Isaiah is Joshua. And the strongest, the strongest thing that he had wasn't his... It wasn't even his talent, wasn't his determination, wasn't uh, his military strategies. It was his connection to the Lord. Okay, all of those things are normal. All of those things are ordinary. If you're going to be a commander of an army, you should know strategy. You should know what it means to flank someone. You should know what it means to have different companies of soldiers and, and which ones are better and how to train them and how to keep them motivated and this and that, how to lead them, how to keep people in check. Not just going to, you know, whatever, let people talk trash at you or whatever like that. So... Um, I could go into more stories because there's so many movies that are awesome and things that are flooding my memory right now. Uh, Banded Brothers, check it out. It's, it's on 
Comcast demand right now if you are looking into it. Anyway, um, it is. Um, but his strongest strength was his connection to the Lord, okay? And so Isaiah is Joshua, and he's like, okay, I'm thinking about how we could maybe, like, get, like, a bunch of cedars from Lebanon and, like, strap them together and, like, get some, like, of those uh, Chronicles of Narnia winged eagle things and drop them on the walls. You're like, oh, I don't have any of those things. That's a book. Crap, what am I going to do? And the Lord speaks to you, and he says, walk around the walls, walk around the city walls seven times or for seven days. And on the seventh day, walk around the wall seven times, right? And his greatest strength was to say, yes, Lord. That was Joshua's greatest strength. To, use some, to have a God who's able to do something super extraordinary through some ordinary thing. So the soldiers listen to Joshua because he's the same guy who, like, like Moses, put his st- staff out over the water and the Jordan River parted and they walked through it. And they're like, okay, if he says walk around the stupid walls, we'll walk around the stupid walls. Nobody talk because that's what God said. If you, if you talk, Luke, it's just we're going to probably cut out your tongue because we can't risk this. You know, it's like bad. It's bad news if you disobey the Lord. Because he's like with them. So they walk around seven times on the seventh day. And then he says, blow the trumpet and the walls fall down. That's crazy. That's, that's like so crazy. In, in another like era, later in, the, later in history, there was a guy named King David. You guys ever hear of King David? He is awesome, awesome guy. Out of his line came Jesus and all this crazy other stuff. So, um, but he was a warrior also, and it was like a different time when people just like, okay, we want that land. God says, take the land. Okay, let's go kill all the people and take the land. Just the way it is. Read the Old Testament. It's still all about love. You just got to read a little deeper into it and know who God is. Um, and so the Lord spoke to David, and he said, when you hear the, res- the wrestling or the rustling in the tops of the trees, know that I'm with you and attack. Like, that's so, so ordinary. Like, I'm just going to wait for the rustling in the leaves of the trees, and then I'm going to know that God's here, and then I'm going to go and fight and win. It's just so, it's so gnarly. Um, like, how many of you guys have a job? Anybody in here work? Ever, ever filed a tax return yet? Is this going to be your first year? Have you done it already? Last year, first timer, right? So paying taxes, people do it all the time, right? And it, Jesus, in his day, you remember this, like, time in the Bible, and they're like, Jesus, what do we do about paying taxes? Blah, 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 blah. All these, the, because the Romans were lording it over the Israelites and blah, 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 blah. They're like, we don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to serve them. We shouldn't have to pay them. This is our land. And Jesus says, give to Caesar, right? What is Caesar's? Give to God's. Give to God what is God's. And then he's like, yeah, I got this under control. I don't know how it went down, threw a line out. Somebody went fishing for him, and boom, there's a piece of gold in a fish's mouth. This is God. This is God. Like, Oh, yeah, we, we should definitely pay taxes because that's the rule, that's the law of the land, and we can honor people. You know why? Because my God has a, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not short of resources. Let me prove it to you. <laughs> got my largemouth bass, and I got my payment for my taxes right there in one swoop. In your face, Caesar, my God is bigger than you. Right? Like, total ordinary thing. Imagine going down to the river and being like, oh, shoot, I got to pay my taxes. Well, I guess I'll just go fishing. You know, like, it's just crazy. Um, something that each one of us, like you might not be a fisher, you might not be a warrior like Isaiah, you know, or Micah. Micah like sets up camp and snipes out his dad every day after work or something like that. It's pretty epic. I'm scared to go to their house all the time. Um, 
body armor and face mask. Don't go for the eyes. I really need those. And so, like, you might not be any of those kinds of people, but every single one of you goes to sleep every single night, or at least most nights. You go to sleep, right? So, like, this is crazy. Like, God actually made, when he made his original covenant with Abraham, like, back in Old Testament, like, God meets meets with Abraham, and he says, I'm going to make a covenant with your people. I'm going to make them as, as many as the stars in the sky, right? This is like Genesis stuff, beginning. And he, uh, so he's like, okay, I'm, we're going to make a covenant. And so he tells Abraham how to get ready, like all the, like this is back old school stuff again, animal sacrifices, all that kind of stuff. It says, split them in two and set it all up. And then what happened? He put Abraham to sleep. Ninety-nine. Go to sleep. Why did he do that? It's so crazy. Like, all he did, he would put him to sleep. He made this, he made this huge covenant that is still like, it, it, it kind of is affecting us now, or it's still, going, it's still going on now because we're part of his inheritance. As many as the stars of the skies, we're, we say we're called sons of Abraham because we believe in Jesus through faith, the same way that Abraham believed in God through faith. And that's all like crazy, but it's, it's the way it is. I'm just telling you the way it is. And in order to prove that it wasn't about Abraham, and it wasn't about you, and it's not about me, he puts him to sleep. He says, okay, you, did all, you just set it all up, and now I'm going to make this happen on my own. And he walks through. You see the coal, the, like the smoke and the ash and this hot coal, like walking through this sacrifice. And it's God making a covenant with man. And man's part was to fall asleep. Man's part was to come to the invitation, say yes, and just go, Man, I have some way worse snores. You should hear my uh, sleep app. It's bad. It's so bad. But then there's this other guy, Jacob, right? This is too far down for me to read that far down. Um, Genesis 28, 11. Um, He took one of the stones, this is Jacob, of the place, and he put it at his head, and he lay down in the place to sleep. Wow. That is gnarly, right? That is just ordinary. That is just like, I forgot my Eno. I don't have a pillow. I don't have a sleeping bag. I forgot everything. Let me just roll this little stone over here and put it under my head so I can go to sleep. That is totally ordinary. You were saying that you wanted to go camping this summer, right? Forget your name. Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Nailed it. Awesome. So, like, you go camping, but you forget your pillow. So you just roll over a stone and put your head on it. Maybe that's not the best idea, but that's what the guy did right? He went to sleep. Super ordinary. And then the next verse says that he dreamed. And in his dream, he saw a ladder that was ascending and descending, where there was angels ascending and descending on this ladder from heaven to earth. And when he looked up the ladder, he saw the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him in this dream. And he said, Jacob, I'm making, I'm the God, I'm the Lord, your God, the father of Abraham and Isaac. And I am making a covenant with you that will make your, your, um, in, like your people, as many as the dust that's on the earth. That's your name. He was promising that him that his name was going to be great. And also he said that through your family line, all families of all nations will be blessed because Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, sal- that salvation has come to us through, will come through you. And Jacob wakes up, and this is the best part. He, like, wakes up, and he says... Surely the Lord is in this place. 
and I did not know it. God is available, capable, wanting to, seeking to move through your life and in your life in the most ordinary ways. And I can promise you that it will be and is extraordinary when he does it. Extraordinary when he does it. Extraordinary when he does it. I'm talking about going to sleep and having a dream that there's going to be a missions team that's going to go to Australia and they're going to preach the gospel to people that are lost and people are going to be taught how to prophesy and love people and we're going to find people on a beach and we're going to show them how to find their value, Megan. Roy, come on. It's a real dream that that Megan had earlier in this year that has launched a whole team of 25 of us to go to a nation that's like thousands of miles away, literally, because she had a dream. Ordinary. That's God being extraordinary through someone like you. Actually, yeah, she's really right there. That's her. That's the girl. Isn't that crazy that God wants to move in your life in an extraordinary way? Through simple stuff, the rustling in the trees, a a coin in a fish's mouth. I mean, like to you, it might be like, dude, I need to pay this. I need to pay for this thing today. And you walk outside and you're walking down the street to go somewhere. And you're like, man, I really need to pay it. And this like $5 bill blows by your feet. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's how much I need. And you just pick it up and you go, okay, thanks God. Like, here we go. It's ordinary for you to go out for a walk. But it's extraordinary every single day, every single moment when you say yes to him and you say, I'm going to be a partner with God. I'm going to walk my life with God. And just be ready and expectant and in relationship with him so that he can move, so he can speak. It's so so exciting. Um, Seriously. Well, I can't do anything about it. Like, I have a mechanic here, but he's not helping me. He's like right there in the front row. He knows all kinds of tricks. That was, that was good. <laughs> was this sin? <laughs> Luke, I love you. Thank you so much. It's stripped. Of course. Of course it is. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it is. It is. It is the way it is. So my question is, um, I guess one of the questions is, how did Jacob miss God. What happened? <laughs> How did Jacob miss God? He said, he said, woke up amazed at the fact that God was in this place. He said, and I did not know it. Um, last year on the beach trip, we had like this one devotion, and we were asked to go write like our own psalm. How many of you guys have ever read the psalms? It's about, it's actually, most of them are by this guy, King David, that I was telling you about, who heard the rustling in the trees and knew that God was with him. And um, I was sitting there at the ocean, looking out over the waves, and I just was thinking, like, God, you know, like, it says in Romans 1 that, you know, all of creation declares God's goodness, and it's all around us all the time. And I was sitting there, and the, the first thing that bubbled up out of my heart was that, God, you are so constant that you go unnoticed. And imagine something that's so perfect, so all the time, so always, so flowing, all the time, that you just totally forget about it, right? And this is like totally, it's, it's just like us. Like we celebrate as a culture like one-time occurrences, right? Like how many of you guys have come on the beach trip before? 
It's awesome, right? And all of you that haven't come before, you are more than welcome, and we can't wait for you to come. But, like, sometimes we'll go out and we'll do, like, these uh, walks on the beach at night because it's, like, super, like, dark and away from most of, like, the light pollution and everything like that. And there's, like, crazy crabs that you have to be aware of and all that stuff. But we go and we, we see, like, a shooting star. And everybody goes, oh, oh, my gosh, you see that? And everybody else is mad because they didn't see it. And they're like, what the heck? How did I miss it again? I can't take it anymore. That's why oh, my gum came off the top. And it's all right. It's all right. But you know what I mean? Like, you see a shooting star and you go crazy. You're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. And there's, like, billions of stars there all the time. And one little one goes, Whew. It's like, it's dying, guys. And you're like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? It's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it so much like us? Like, we're just like, oh, my gosh, it's a one-time thing. I can't believe it happened. It's amazing. Or like, I don't know, it's anybody watching NHL playoffs right now? All right, Jared Locke. Jared Locke is a hockey guy. And like, you know, not this wouldn't happen to Jared because he's too good to let this happen to him. But. But, like, if, a, if an offensive player gets, like, a hat trick, do you guys know what happens? Especially, like, playoffs. Like, there's just, like, the ice gets covered in hats. People just start chucking them out, and they're going crazy, and they're, like, semi-drunk hockey fans, so things are shaking, and, oh, my gosh. I went to one hockey game in my life. It was crazy. Fights, overtime, score in seven seconds. A lady got knocked out with a puck. Like, it was crazy. The lady who was carrying the lady who got knocked out with the puck was, like, 95. And she's like, hmm, hmm, like, one stare at a time. We're like, somebody help the old lady. Like, what is going on? Seriously, thank you, Nate. Why didn't I help her? Gosh, I'm a loser. That's why. Only that time I was a loser. God, help me. Forgive me. Um, But, well, I mean, like, not only that time, but mo- more times than that, I have lots of stories of, of, yeah, anyway, let's not get into the tap dancing thing again, all right? Let's just not even go back there. Exactly. But, like, seriously, like, how, many, how much money, how much time, how many practices did Don Locke take Jared to practice over and over and over again? How many games? How many times, Mama, I need a new stick. Why? Yours is fine. Yeah, but there's this cooler one that came out, and it has, has funny colors on it, and I could get my number engraved on it. It's going to be so awesome. Like, seriously, like, countless dollars, time. I mean, Mallory, like, you, you know, like, we went and experienced just, like, a portion of the torture that goes into funding volleyball somewhat. Like, we, we're, like, breaking down, like, 120 volleyball courts, like a four-square-foot like four section at a time for, like, four hours. Like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Why are we still doing this? This is, like, three hours into it. I can't believe that I'm still just picking up things and putting them into a pile and then counting to 81 or whatever it was. Nailed it. See, it's engraved into my brain. Um, Right? Like, we, we miss that more than the hat trick moment. Okay? Babies get born. It's fantastic. It's new life. But what about the first breath that you noticed you took into your lungs this morning? Even if it was like this. Because that's how I wake up sometimes, you know. But seriously, just waking up and being alive and thankful, alive and happy, alive and like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have so much potential to live my life to the fullest today. I have so much potential to live for, like, the, the, 
the purposes that God has made me alive and free for today. So awesome. Or there's like, you know, uh, your family member gets married and like people fly from all over the, the country and people come from out of, out of state and they drive and they bring money and presents and all that stuff. And then there's like that 80-year-old lady at Starbucks with her husband who just can't make up her mind and you're just like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And Frappuccino happy hour. Yes. And you're like, just decide. Just decide. But you don't like think about the fact that they've been together for 60 years just doing life cho- choosing each other every day living living out the covenant they promised to each other before you were born before your parents were born isn't that awesome it's so gnarly um it's 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 silly i mean even it's even in like it's even in our culture the way we name things like you know there's like yosemite national park or whatever and what's the, like, famous geyser there? There's, like, a geyser called Old Faithful, you know? Yeah, Old Faithful. Old Faithful. You wait, man, around, around here around 3 o'clock. That sucker's going to blow. Tell you that much right now. Just come on back here around 3 o'clock. Yellowstone. That's what I said. Duh. That's what I said. Totally what I said. Yellowstone National Park. And, uh... It's more like, yeah, like, old every so often, you know? That's what I would call it. Because it's not, it's, it's like, Old Faithful is like the Susquehanna River that's been flowing since who knows when. Never has stopped. Never has stopped. Never has stopped. Like, always available, always there. This is more like God. And that's what I'm saying when I'm saying, like, God, you're so constant, you can go unnoticed, right? Okay, so... I have, like, a tangible example. Damon, can you stand up for a second? Oh, boy. Okay, so, quickly. Come over here. I won't. Okay, so, Damon, face the audience here. All right. um, So, Damon showed up at Airborne many a years ago in sixth grade. And uh, there's been a lot of things that have, that he's had to overcome and conquer. Collarbone broken. And I realized today that when I was telling the story that um, you are the only remaining airborne student that has broken a bone as far as I'm aware. Like the other ones have just dissipated. Okay. All right. That's okay. <laughs> but anyway... Damon got healed and everything like that. So anyway, he's just got this, like, long history here, right? And, uh, like, what was it? When did you start playing guitar? Five months ago, okay? Five months ago, okay. I already cleared it with Andy. Go ahead and strap that on. It's got a capo on, so, so take that off. Yeah, I know. Okay. I am so lucky. You know, I actually thought, yeah, I know. Life goes on. Okay, so take that off. I'll hold it. And you just got to turn volume up on the guitar, which is unlabeled, but I'm sure you'll figure it out in a second. Okay. Volume. There it is. 
Okay, now just something five months ago, show me the first thing you learned. I mean, like the very first thing, like one chord. G, nailed it. Okay, now five months have gone by, and how many hours average per day do you think you play guitar? Okay, so now just do like a cool, like picky, vibey thing that you were playing for me out in the lobby or out in the atrium the other day. Yeah, no drop D. That'd be bad. We don't have a tuner. Do it now. Come on, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, actually hearing this again, it sounds a lot like what Katie and I uh, had our processional music to in our wedding. Not that it, not you probably don't even know. The guy that wrote that is like way old. Awesome. All right, give it up for Damick one more time. So gnarly. Thanks, dude. I, I mean, consistency, constancy. Over and over, repetition, doing stuff like you just, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going for it. And the cool thing is that, you can sit down. Thanks, bro. Thanks so much. Yeah, give it up for him again. There's no way. When Damon came in five months ago and was playing his G chord and, like, you know, all this other stuff, I mean, it didn't take you long to get past G, obviously, but the first couple times you played and you brought in your guitar, I'm not going to lie, you know, it's like a thing when, you know, like you see some, especially a younger person, I mean, you're not, you're not as young as you once were, obviously, but like, that you know that like, potentially, you could lose heart quickly. Like, you could get discouraged, like each one of us has this challenge where, like, you could go after something and just like, lose it, like, lose interest in it because it's too hard, or it's like challenging and I don't want to fight through it and all this stuff, but Guys, you have um, been given precious promises. This is Second Peter one four, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. This is just a verse saying that you have the ability, you have the access, you have the invitation now, like Damic, to just give God a yes. Have a desire held in your heart and go like, I am going to be like my God. Okay, like I'm going to be constant. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to do this thing over and over and over again. I'm going to go for it. And that looks like, in some cases, just doing a goal. Like, Damon's dream up on that wall was easy to pick out. I want to be an amazing guitar player or whatever the wording was. Yeah. Yeah, like easy to pick out, okay? Not hard. Okay, all of the dreams that are on that wall from a couple weeks ago, if you guys were here, are possible. Even mine that says, I want to fly, like not with a plane. No, like Superman. I have dreams about it all the time, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, squirrel's a good step. There is a squirrel onesie on Amazon that I have looked at. Just saying, just saying. 
Get two. All right. Okay. Get a couple. But, like, also, just in general, like, it's not about, um, it's not enough for me to say this out loud to you and for you to repeat it to someone else and say, yeah, trust me, you're, you're able to participate in the divine nature of God. Trust me, he wants you to be constant. Trust me, he wants you to be faithful. Trust me, he wants you to be loving, all this stuff. Okay, that's not enough, all right? Because, like, if you just tell somebody something, they can just, I don't know. But if you become something, if you become consistency, and you have something that shows for the fact that you, you are being loved by God and you're receiving his love, it sounds a little more like this. And this is our book um, that we've been reading for our missions team, but this is Sean Boltz's book. And he says, just listen to this. Check this out. When people see who God is and what he wants, and if they want to be connected to God, they will protect that connection at all costs once they experience, once they experience it. However, if we start out, If we start out not giving a revelation of who God is, but only giving the principles of his kingdom, then people will never come into a place of relationship with him. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians to a group of believers where he says, your lives are are letters, are epistles, is the gospel, not written on tablets of stone, but written on the flesh of your heart. Just pay attention. That's all I want you to do right now. You too. <laughs> They're written on your hearts. All right. Not on tablets of stone. This is becoming a, like a real, you become the gospel of Mallory. You become the gospel of Lydia. You become the gospel of Damick. Gospel of Tommy. Gospel of Jocelyn. You actually become a living letter that people can watch you live your life in your neighborhood, Grace, and go like, yeah, I'll come to youth group with you. You're really nice. You must be, like, all about love. You must be, like, connected to something that's awesome because you make me feel good when I'm around you. You make me feel happy. You make me feel encouraged. You make me feel like I can trust you. Like, all those things, that's God's nature coming through you. You know what I mean? I know, we're, like, running late. But the... The crazy thing is, is that, like, sometimes it gets to be the seasons change, right? And you could be, like, all about God, and everything's going great, and I'm, like, super fired up and super on fire, and everything's about Jesus, and I'm getting, like, revelation every single day, and I'm having dreams, and I'm seeing the extraordinary things happen in my life through ordinary stuff all the time. And then season changes, and it gets hard, and there's weeds that start to grow in, and things that come in and start to distract you, and and all this kind of stuff, and, like, you fall into a sin, and then that gets piled up with shame, and then you don't feel like you're good enough to come back to Airborne, or you don't feel like you're good enough for your friends, so you start pushing them away, and the people that you once trusted now don't trust you because you've put all these walls up, and all this stuff happens, and it just starts with, like, a little weed, a little thing, a little distraction. You know, it could be, for some of, like, for some of us, it could be, like, lust, pornography, all this kind of stuff that's available. For others, it could be like just this little thing of arrogance and pride. Like, I don't really need God. I'm doing pretty good. I don't really have time for God right now. It could just be busyness. It could be a simple weed of busyness. Guys, like, 
I've experienced that one big time too. It's so easy to just go like, eh, I don't really have time for God. I'm going to go to school. I'm not going to get up early. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to like come to Airborne. I'm not going to make it a point to reach out to a friend when I'm, in, when I'm struggling and I need help. And then weeds just keep creeping up and growing all around you. And another thing that Sean says in here that like applies to this specifically is he says that holiness is not only sinlessness. It's the ability to see what is what is worth protecting and the, and then say no to sin to protect our yes to love. Holiness is not only sinlessness. It's the ability to see what's worth protecting and then say no to sin to protect our yes to love. Guys, just guys for a second. Okay? You're going to school, public school, going to the mall, public mall, and it's springtime, so there's stuff that's in the open, if you know what I'm saying. And a lot of people can, like, you, you look at the, the culture, the media, the gist of what dudes are supposed to be like, and they're like dogs, Okay. And you think, like, that's the thing that you should be like. like and I'm not saying that that's – I know that a lot of you guys are, are aware that that's not the call of God on your life or whatever. But, like, specifically about this, like, ladies, how, how much better would it be for you? I mean, I know you guys are all awesome women of God and everything. But, like, to have a man not, like, look at you like, oh, man, she looked good. But to be – so confident in what's in what's like what's there the beauty that's there and say I'm saying no to sin and I'm going to protect my yes to love I'm going to like to be this protector okay and instead of like like trying to just like just like not only that we we have to like just shield our eyes or like bounce our eyes and do all that other kind of crazy stuff but like actually to step into the fullness of what God's called you to to actually become a protector of beauty what does that look like what does it look like it's like actually like job said i've made a covenant with my eyes that's good stuff i've made a covenant so that you can become this faithful one who's like when when people are around me that stuff doesn't happen I'm not going to let it happen. Do you become a protector of beauty? That's a higher call. That's part of who God is. Okay? And that's the invitation into his, into his nature. Um, and becoming a living letter, this is the last thing I want to just share is that... Um, It's, it's not just like finding a way to connect to God. It's, it's finding this constance. It's finding this continual con- connectivity. Okay? And sorry, I just keep quoting this book, but it's so good. It's our, it's our invitation then to model how we stay connected by getting rid of, rid of the various patterns that stop this connection and relationship. But the biggest thing that Sean points out here is he says, look, like this was... This was the greatest attribute of the disciples of Jesus. 
None of them were perfect, okay? You got Peter cutting off ears. You got other people, like, arguing over who's going to be the greatest and all this stuff. And we're trying to model ourselves after these guys. And you go, like, why am I going to model myself after somebody who's, like, obviously clearly not as good as Jesus? And then you realize that the thing that was so powerful about them was that they never lost the ability to become reconnected with God after they failed, after they fell, after they screwed up, okay? So why don't we just stand up? And, um, yeah, put your arm on a shoulder or two, but it doesn't have to be like a giant thing of any kind. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. can do that. Oh, yeah. Glory vibes. Hmm. Yeah, so... pray out pretty much everything that I'm talking about. Just say that God, like, and you just partner with with God with your yes right now, okay? Just say, Lord, that I want you to invade my ordinary. You don't have to say it, but say it in your heart. I want you to invade my ordinary, God. Do the extraordinary through my everyday life. God, I want to wake up alive to the understanding that that you have filled me with a purpose, that you have filled me with life for a reason, and that I get to live that life. God, I want to be alive to the, the, the reality that I'm your living letter, that I'm a gospel for people to read, that I'm, I am the Bible to people around me. God, raise the standard in my life. Raise the bar because I know that, that you are able, that you have provided a way for me to participate in your divine nature, God. And God, I pray that you'd help me weed out right now, weed out the things that are in my life that have pulled me away from you, God. And, and just ask that, Lord, I would come home right now. So if there's any place um, that you feel the need to be reconnected to God because of, like, a sin that's led to shame, that's led to, you know, like this disconnect or whatever it is, anything, just ask you to give it to him right now. And I just say, God, we want to be reconnected to you. Come be, come connect us to you again, God. Thank you that, that your love is all always reaching, always faithful, always good, always kind, that you, God, are more than I could ask, think, or imagine. So come and be, come and be that. Come and be that right now. Holy Spirit, move in this room. God, I pray right now that you would just take, um, you would take shame and you'd rid, you'd rid, it, rid it of us, God. Like take it off of shoulders. Take weight of shame and just blow it off of people's shoulders, God. I pray that for, like for authentic coming home of what you created us to be. I thank you for the men in this room, God, that they would stand up for who you, for what you've called them to. They would protect they would protect the things that ca- cause them to walk in love. For the women in here, God, that they would protect the things that cause them to walk in love. 
You guys are awesome. Um, so seriously, invite God. Partner with him. Say, God, I want you to show up in my ordinary life with your extraordinary stuff. I want you to lead me and guide me. I want you to show up, and I want you to be constant. Okay, let's just, like, work on recognizing the extra, extra of God that is always around us this week, okay? Like, and, and just, even if you have to go to a river and sit by it for five minutes and just go like, yep, it's still flowing. Yep, there it goes. That's new water. Never seen that before. Still going. Oh, there goes some more new water. That's come from somewhere else. And just realize that that is God's love and faithfulness towards you, that it's always new, always fresh, never runs out, never runs dry. And just, like, I think you could just start to build, like, your own character around this idea that I always have access to a limitless supply of God's love and goodness. And then you can just live it because he's already made it available to you through these, like, this verse in 2 Peter precious promises that invite you into his divine nature. (laughs) You guys are awesome. You can like literally, like the power that's in this room, it's insane. Beyond Nate Goodyear's 250-pound deadlift earlier, it's like world-changing can happen. Awesome. Anyway, there it goes. It's over. Done. We're done. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.